Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the Week 11 college football betting recap and Week 12 look ahead. I'm Stucky and joining me, as always, is Colin Wilson, who has a list of teams that didn't show up that he's mad at. He's got a shit list, so to speak. Uh, why don't Why don't we get right into it, Colin? You want to? Call out some teams. Listen, I'm here to take my medicine. I have not listened to the voicemails, so as they're playing live, I'll it'll be instant reaction. Uh, nothing scripted, but uh, there are some teams that you know I will just put them on my worst call list. Georgia State, number one in rush explosives, didn't even fucking score until the fourth quarter. I mean, what 35 to zero? What happened there? Well, before you guys woke up at home against the worst rush defense in the nation, Georgia State didn't show up. Florida International playing a dead Middle Tennessee team. Couldn't get any points up whatsoever. Air Force on the island. Another, what, four turnovers after, what, six last week against Army? They change out quarterbacks. They still fumble three times, and they have a bunch. How do they have three interceptions? How does Air Force have three interceptions? Can somebody explain that to me? They don't even throw, like, three times a game, all right? Tennessee, why are we kicking field goals? Like, I, I – Missouri was the most vulnerable they've been all season. I, I, I've i never liked you. And the reason I played you guys is because I have an alternate team total under because I pounded on you guys all summer and I added another unit because if Tennessee won the game, I was going to lose the alternate team total under. They didn't even show up. They didn't even show up. Like, what are you always already thinking about Georgia? It was pathetic. Like in the stats, Stuck, Tennessee is fantastic in the trench on both sides of the ball. They're playing really good defense. They're running the ball really well. I don't know who that team was yesterday. I don't know who that team was. Cody Schrader, first running back in SEC history with 200-plus rushing yards 
and 100 plus receiving yards in the same game. He's a walk-on, a former walk-on from Truman State. And that's what he did to Tennessee, who were outscored 36-0 after Joe Milton blew a kiss to the Missouri crowd. Uh, by the way, can we, before we get into voicemails, I haven't listened to them either. Um, can we talk about, well, first, congrats. You're up one nothing on the head-to-head. Congrats on your Colorado call. I, was I knew wrong, the, I knew I knew you'd go straight to the box score because it was gross. I think their field position, like they always started it. They won point. by punting. The punter yeah. won the game for them. Yeah. Uh but can we talk about one of the games that I I did uh my last two scratches of the day, I actually was gonna I was thinking about playing Missouri and I was thinking about playing Arkansas, but I was worried about no burden. I was worried about Arkansas's weapons. Arkansas give up what happened to the Arkansas defense on well, Saturday? I watched that entire game. Now, the reason I didn't add Arkansas to my worst call list is because I didn't play him. Like I had, I desperately, I'm looking at near five figure payout on the amount of Auburn tickets I have on over six and over six and a half wins. I needed Auburn to win that game desperately. So I was kind of in an awkward position. You want to talk about the team that really didn't show up? Arkansas. I mean, but it's not even the offense stuck. It's not even Kenny Guyton in the offense. Defense didn't show up. Special 55 team. rushes for 350. Special team had a punt return TD. Like, I mean, it, Auburn wasn't even trying. Like, they were jogging down the field on this punt return for a touchdown. Like, it, it, the whole stadium. Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, empty by the second quarter. Very, very, very bad loss uh, for Pittman and company. How is uh, Jimbo couple- out right now? As we record Sunday morning, Jimbo's out and Sam Pittman's not? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> the American dream. Congrats to Jimbo Fisher. Getting paid $80 million to not work. Um and, he, and and the buyout doesn't even preclude him from get preclude him from going to get another job if he wants one. I know. Unbelievable. Um uh before we get to voice calls, let's do best call, worst call, bet regret. Um, by the way, another head scratching result for me. I didn't bet this. I was close to it. Navy. I was gonna bet the Navy over. How did how did UAB not score on Navy with their passing attack? That was, I, I mean, they they couldn't they couldn't score one touchdown in that game against the worst pass defense in the country. Anyway, that was bizarre. I, to me. I did have the over, so uh, give me two seconds. I mean, Navy did its job. I, I how did UAB just not score? I don't understand that result. UAB, um, um, they actually had decent success, right? They only averaged three point four yards per play on passing downs, like. Or were you just dinking dunking like over the behind the line of scrimmage all day? Jacob Zeno is usually pretty deep, but he wasn't yesterday. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. There, uh by by the way, Syracuse went, they changed up their offense. Narduzzi's gotta go. And they they basically just ran uh they ran Wildcat for the entire game. They ran yeah. it 66 times. Garrett Schrader will finish one of two for five yards. Um and somehow this uh, team is one what one win away from a bowl, so we have to actually pay attention to Syracuse lines instead of writing them off. Yeah. Well, they played what BC on Thursday night, I think. Is that the game on Thursday night? Or is that Pitt BC? Who's who what, who does uh Syracuse have next? They're gonna go to Georgia Tech. I have them uh they should be underdogs by a TD. That's Syracuse. A oh yeah, BC's at Pitt on Thursday night. Gross game. Uh let's do best call, worst call, bet regret. Before we get to voicemails, I, I'm going to say best call. Uh, oh, uh, UCF. UCF. I had some easy wins. Yeah. Some bad losses. Some easy losses. It was a very fair day. I finished slightly above 500. Kind of the story of my season. 
But uh, and the thing is, UCF was never able to stop the rush. And once you got that rain, I thought that's going to really help Ollie Gordon. They just shut Oklahoma State down. Oklahoma State, another team, didn't even show up. Yeah, that letdown of the, of the century. Uh, Gordon finished 12 carries for 25 yards. Goodbye, uh, UCF wins 45-3. to three. They had 600 yards of offense. <laughs> Speaking of 600 yards of offense, can you – the other – my other good call was uh, Purdue. Purdue ran for 360. Nope. They had 600 yards of offense. Purdue we ran it like 55 times. Yeah. Then we take it we, – we took him somewhere, like in the round robin or on the pod, right? Yeah, I took him on the pod. I, Dude, eight, they had eight and a half yards per play. They averaged eight and a half yards per play. Running and pass, didn't matter what they were doing. Worst call, uh, I'll say, who got blown out? Um, worst call. Named off half the teams already on my worst call list. Kentucky. Worst call is Kentucky. Um, also, Wake Forest. They stink. What, what a spot for them. And they just got dominated. Yeah, Kentucky, though. I mean, I watched that entire game. And the Milrose getting better. I know that Kentucky had some defensive backs that were out, surprisingly, but Burton was also out for Alabama. But Milrose getting better. He's progressing. It reminds me of like Hurts. Like he's just getting better each week. But the Alabama defensive line, and they weren't even calling all the holes that they could have, that dominated that game up front. And then obviously Alabama uh, dominated on offense as well. That was my worst call. That was just a pure domination from Alabama in a really tough spot. So I give credit to Saban and company for that. Bet regret is, and we could talk about this. Let's talk about this game because my bet regret is probably trusting big, small game James. So, you know, it's part of the handicap that we talked about was correct in that Michigan's offensive line has holes that Penn State would be able to take advantage of. But this was just, even without Harbaugh, this was an enormous coaching mismatch of what went down in this game first three drives of the game McCarthy cannot throw the ball because he can't drop back in the pocket because he's getting hit right away the defensive ends for for Penn State were running right around the Michigan tackles and he had no chance in the pocket so what did Michigan do they started to roll him out and then in the second half they didn't even attempt to pass and Penn State never caught on every third down was either a QB sweep or run and Penn State continued to rush the passer. Michigan didn't attempt to pass in the second half. Great adjustment by them. Penn State never countered. Adjustment number two, and well, this just wasn't an adjustment. This is just a problem for Penn State all year. Penn State, throw the ball on first down. The first 13 first downs of the game, you ran it. And then, you know, you're you're playing against a really good defense, and then you're going to be in known passing downs and third down. So horrendously coaching. And then Franklin's chasing points. I wish that Michigan didn't get that uh, fourth down or that third down conversion late. Number one, because I could would have had a chance at a backdoor cover. But everyone could have laughed at Franklin because he'd be down nine with the ball instead of down seven if he just kicked an extra point in the first half. I, I mean, unbelievable. Uh, it, just so many little things in coaching and just trusting Franklin in a big-time spot, which flops again. So that's my bet regret. Yeah, Cheryl Moore absolutely dominated the Penn State coaching staff, which is saying yes. considering how Jerome much Moore now is more top ten wins than James Franklin, by the way. Yeah. I, I mean, look at this ratio: forty-five rushes to nine passes. I mean, you have a Heisman Trophy uh, contending trophy quarterback, and you will, and there's only you know a couple dropbacks in this game. You just continue in the in the third and fourth quarter to run the ball 
over and over and over. Yeah, Penn State had seven tackles for loss for 20 yards, but it wasn't enough. Michigan, 5.2 per carry yards per play and running. Even they were running in passing downs with an average of 5.9 yards to go in third downs. They were just successful all day. They were never behind schedule. They were running. Yeah, they were doing. They did. They, they had a lot of good play calls. Like the the quarterback sweeps on like third and eight were working. And a lot of that is because Penn State was still rushing like with reckless abandon, yeah. which was working in the beginning of the game when when McCarthy was dropping back. But Michigan adjusted. You have to adjust, and and they didn't. And credit to Michigan. Michigan just said, "F it, fuck it. I'm. This is yeah. working. We don't need to throw it." And they didn't. So yeah, complete nutter. Uh, coaching domination from Michigan who didn't have their head coach. <laughs> like, come on. What anyway. was the crying after the game? I didn't under like, is Jim Harbaugh dead? Like, why are we crying? Like, Michigan. I mean, I don't know. I, they, I mean, they must have all the motivation in the world that everybody hates them and they're going to win out here. But I mean, what is, I don't understand all the heavy emotion about Jim Harbaugh not being there. It's not like he calls plays anyways. Yeah. I, I was, cause look, we didn't have any data points on Michigan was impressed by their defense I mean, and look, look at what Purdue did this week to Minnesota. Michigan shut them down. Offense is vulnerable. Um, that the offense, the tackles are vulnerable, and the you know the run game isn't as explosive, and you can get pressure on McCarthy. So that's going to be can we'll talk about that when they play Ohio State because Michigan really just only has two games this year until they go to the college football playoff if they get there. Um, but uh, you have a you best call, worst call, back regret before we get to the voicemails. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I mean, real quick on best call because there wasn't many. I'll say Oregon under. Like I, I had no fear in taking that under early in the week. I even took a bad number at seventy four. That thing got up to seventy eight and a half. And my whole thesis behind it was that Oregon's defense is actually pretty good. And what they limited Caleb Williams to doing, I know look, look, it looked to me like USC was actually playing. It looked to me like USC was actually trying. But the Oregon defense, Did it? Was, I didn't, I didn't watch much of that game. Oh yeah, the Oregon defense was fantastic. So, but it looked uh, like USC cared. It looked like they cared. Uh, they just couldn't they, – they had too many turnovers, couldn't get any drives into scoring position. Uh, credit the Oregon defense. Um, Colorado won't talk about its field position punts, but New Mexico State dominating a Western, a fraudulent Western Kentucky team. New Mexico Diego, State. Diego, Diego. Yeah, Diego, Diego. I love it. Everybody getting the uh, door of the Explorer Diegos and, and everything into my timeline. I love it. But, uh, you know, I, I would definitely uh, stop there. And then from a bet regret, you've already mentioned Purdue. First-year coaches, and I, and I love betting on first-year coaches that can't make a bowl that get into November. Biff Pogi at Charlotte, covered. Northwestern, David Braun, who we took season win total over on, covered. One, outright against Wisconsin. Arizona State, Kenny Dillingham, schooled UCLA. I know there's injuries at quarterback. Schooled UCLA, you Arizona State was rotating running backs in at quarterback. Right. I Listen, that you you generally at this time of year, there's a lot of teams this week that can't make a bowl that are playing teams that are trying to make a bowl, right? Like Akron can't make a bowl, but they're about to play Eastern Michigan who who can make a bowl. But I don't bet against first-year coaches because if they haven't lost the program, those teams are still playing hard. And in the case of Arizona State, in the case of and, – and, and then this extends to Sam Houston and, and, and James Madison maybe. I don't know if they're going to be get eligible. But teams that can't play in a bowl, they're still playing hard. And this left something to play for. So – I'm not fading first-year head coaches that are still have their their team still has a pulse. Oregon better be careful in the desert. Bo Nix better be careful next week. Yep, absolutely. Uh, how about Pet Regret? Was that Pet Regret? Well, Pet Regret was Arizona State. 
And it just kind of led me into your Purdue about first year head coaches. Like they're, they're still pumping in November, even though they're not going to have a postseason. Yep. All right. Let's get another voicemails. Get yelled at for Penn State. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However, you're feeling, we want to hear from you. You have reached the voicemail box of the Big Bats on Campus podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Leave a message after the bleep. James Franklin, Drew Allard, sucks. Penn State's offense, sucks. Ballard, you just threw another pick after we just gave up another touchdown. How many times is he going to throw the ball to nobody? Oh, my gosh. Same thing every year. 10-2, and two, lose to Michigan and Ohio State. Our defense is the best defense in the country, and we still can't do anything. This is the worst cycle over and over again. Penn State, man. 12.50 p.m. Eastern Time. I've seen all I need to see. Maybe you need to handicap James Franklin into your picks because he's the head coach of Penn State. He is a disgrace. Goal line fade on third and goal. Settle for three. Michigan marches down, scores. This game is over. You don't need to watch the rest of it. James Franklin. Stop. First off, before I say anything, shout out to you. The haters said that Boston College wouldn't go bowling, and we cashed that season win total over the first week of November. Now, with that being said, I am lighting up a victory cigar here in the Great Lakes State with your Penn State National Championship future and your Penn State plus four and a half ticket. Without our sign stealer and without Bodog Jim 20 hours advance, we still get the job done over that fraud James Franklin and Drew Aller, he's terrible, fraudulent. Congrats on lighting your money on fire, Penn State. James Franklin is such a idiot, man. It's not even halftime. Penn State just made a 14-9. James Franklin grows a pair of nuts, goes for it twice on a fourth down, ends up paying off. They actually scored a touchdown. I'm like, come on, James Franklin. Now is your time. And not even 10 seconds later, He's already back to being a dumbass, and he's going for two to make it a three-point game with 30 minutes left in the game. I just already know. Like, that play right there told me Penn State's not covering this game. Whether it's they lose by five or they lose by 50, they're not covering this game, and James Franklin is the reason. He sucks. Colin, I'm watching the final seconds tick off of this Michigan-Penn State game. I just want to say this James Franklin has cost me so much money this year. Dave in Southern California, first-time caller, long-time listener, Penn State, cue the clown music. Despite all the hype of Jim Harbaugh suspended and an injunction and the distractions, the Nittany Kitty Cats get their just like their Andy Dufresne and Shawshank Redemption. Didn't even fight back like Andy with new bruises. Covers the four and a half. You guys should be ashamed of yourselves. And you even called it before you even gave the pick. You said it's time for the circus music. Why, oh, why did we tail? Oh, Stucky, you beautiful son of a bitch, you. I knew this game was in the bag when you took Penn State, dude. I love you. 
more than you know. I thank you for that. And I know he's not listening because Manny Diaz is a loser, and only losers don't listen to this banger podcast because this is the best podcast around. Manny Diaz needs to shut the up and just do his thing. But guess what? Michigan did their thing. <laughs> you, James Franklin, and you, Manny Diaz. Love you guys. Enjoy the show. <laughs> My name is Franklin the Clown, and I make people believe that I'm a Big Ten contender or a national title contender. <laughs> uh-uh. James Franklin, go back to Vanderbilt. I would assume that's it. If you if we got any other, if you got any other, how many pop. minutes was that? That was uh, four. That was four minutes and forty-one seconds of pure bliss. Uh, of all Penn State calls. By the way, my thing is that if if Franklin and Penn State are frauds, then Michigan still has zero wins over anybody this year. Anyway, moving on. A lot of tweets out there saying Michigan still hasn't played anybody, but you know what? At the same time, it's like, I, what, let me see. They're good. That. Michigan's good. They're one of the five best teams in the country. Um, I'm oh yeah, yeah, they're great. We we. I I make the look ahead line six and a half. Michigan minus six and a half against Ohio State. I think that's what it was before uh, the look at yesterday, what it was before yesterday's action. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I said multiple times on multiple shows, the difference in the game is going to be Mich- Penn State can get pressure on the Michigan tackles. I watched those first two drives. I said, Michigan's not going to do anything. And they just handed it off the rest of the game, and Penn State didn't do anything. They're just – got to stop rushing off the edge. They weren't throwing it. They didn't throw, they didn't throw a pass in the second half. Anyway, yeah. I already talked about this game. All right, moving on. Hey, Colin. Hey, Stock. These – Illinois fighting Brett Bielema, man. We have a quarterback that throws for the second most yards in Big Ten history, and this can't cover the spread. They go up eight, they get a stop, and it's third and two. The two plays before that, they average four yards a carry up the middle, right? So what does this do out of a timeout? He runs a sweep to the right, and he gets blown up for three yards. They punt it, and... Indiana goes down the field and hides it. Their coaching sucks. Mind you, a couple drives before that, one of the defenders gets thrown out of the game for spitting on a Indiana player that leads to another Indiana touchdown. I mean, I can't bet on these alumni. I can't. They're terrible. They suck. Did you see that John Paddock had 507 yards passing and four touchdowns for Illinois? What, yes. How did a Pac-12 game break out between Indiana and Illinois? Indiana, by the way, Indiana covers every game since I stopped betting them. I hate the Big Ten this year. Ducky Collin, down bad at the casino in Detroit. Just a friendly reminder that OSU's fraud and that Marvin Harrison's the only thing keeping him in the conversation for the national title. Frauds. Michael Penix for Heisman, hopefully. I'm so drunk, I don't know what to do. Bye, I love you guys. Well, Marvin Harrison's going to get a seat at the table in New York, but frankly, the Heisman should come down to Washington, Oregon in the in the Pac-12 championship game. Really, I think the winner of that game is probably who wins the Heisman. Which is, and Oregon will be favored in that game, and that's yep. why Knicks is now your Heisman favorite. Yep. Um, yeah, shout out. I met with five Ohio State fans that were down visiting Lexington on a bachelor party. I was sitting in the corner watching Texas Tech almost blow the game to the Kansas third string. Oh, my God. They got a stop and then luckily scored. But they came up and they said, Stucky, 
this you? I guess they just looked for the guy in the corner with a portable and a sweating of five games at once. Uh, so bought them some drinks. We talked Harrison and McCord. Shout out to those guys. And then a couple Bama fans, a guy and his son, guy's been following me for about 20 years. Uh, they went to the Bama-Kentucky game, met them. Um, Bama fans are actually re- like some of the nicest fans because, I mean, they're just used to winning. So they, they whenever they come into town, they don't like talk shit. And, uh, at least the ones I've dealt with. Um, uh, me, too. Me, me too. They're, they're respectable. It's the uh, Florida LSU train in the SEC that can uh, get under your skin real fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but shout out to all of them. And oh, by the way, the one thing I, I was surprised that Penn, both Penn State and Michigan were running it so well. I thought Penn State would have more success throwing the ball. We didn't really see Michigan secondary get tested much. But look, look, Purdue has pretty respectable passing tech. And look what they did this week. And then Penn State really couldn't throw anything downfield. So was wrong on that aspect. This is a reminder the BBOC podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, all right, moving on. I'm honestly sick of calling the sideline every week without fail. Week in, week out, here I am. It's literally Groundhog Day. It's 3.30 or 3.45 on a Saturday. I find myself in my car losing my driving around town. If it's not Iowa, one week with the Fugazi invalid fair catch call. Now it's Kansas, Lance Leopold, another game where I contracted a disease watching it. Your quarterback gets hurt in the second quarter, but it's second and goal from the two. You can't punch it in two plays, kick the field goal. No. We go for it with a backup quarterback who, I guess, as the game progressed, he wasn't so dog Be that as it may, you have a chance to win the game in the last 30 seconds. And what are these play calls? Wildcat passes to backup tight ends or fullbacks? This is bullshit. Every week I'm calling yeah, the, the Kansas-Texas Tech game, I guess no one's a fan of Cole Ballard. He went 9 of 20, uh, had an INT, 124 yards. But, I mean, that's what Lance He Lyon kept was. converting third and long somehow. He, he led three yeah. scoring drives at the end. They had a chance to win the game with 30 seconds left. They got a, they did a halfback pass, and Texas Tech, luckily the linebacker read it and stopped them. Otherwise, they would have lost to, to Ballard. I would have been devastated. They would have lost by four. I had plus three and a half. I don't know how bad Jason Bean is hurt, but I can't imagine back in Kansas from here on out if uh, – if it's going to be Cole Ballard under center. Holy Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh just fumbled. I think it's their third read option of the day. They've tried to run the read option three times. The quarterback, dude, sucks. They can't decide if he wants to take it or if the running back wants to take it. Fumble again. They're just giving Syracuse, this Syracuse team that's horrible, just giving them short fields. Can you stop turning the ball over Pitt? Worthless, pathetic. Narduzzi's over there scribbling notes down. He wasn't even watching the play. Stop running the read option, Pitt. It's not going to work. 
Yes, hi. This message is for um, Mr. Colin Wilson, or as I'd like to call him now, King because every total that man touches goes to complete It is 12.45 right now. We have a minute left in the first quarter and the first half over clips in Kentucky. Colin Wilson, touting unders. He wouldn't be surprised if it was 13 or 17. And we're at 28 in the first quarter. Bang up job. Just capping it right. The guy last week, he was right. Fade train. Colin Wilson totals. Let's make our money back. Thanks, bud. Well, first off, I'm not a tout. Everything is free. Uh, and there were a few other totals that got to the window. So thanks for being selective. Like Oklahoma State UCF under 64, easy. So thank you. Colin, fastest cover in the history of sports. Thanks, buddy. Well, actually, you told us about the Alabama-Kentucky under, but I always do opposite of what you say when it comes to totals. So that overcast first half in the first quarter. Keep them coming, bud. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not sure who's worse at playing quarterback between Kevin Leary, Drew Aller, and maybe Tommy DeVito. And I'm not sure who's the bigger dumbass between all of them, but probably myself for betting on them. The only thing worse is I'm about to go to a birthday party with a bunch of Alabama fans that are going to be staying roll tied for the next three hours. So there's my Saturday. Hope you're good, boys. See you. Colin, I know you have kids. Saturday, I'm focused on football, but my side job is trying to engage my kids. And I play this game called Red Light, Green Light based on kind of how your picks are doing. Usually there's some movement, forward stops, but unfortunately my kids aren't moving today because all I see is red. I'm calling back in to eat it about Purdue. Holy 49 points. What are we doing, Purdue? That's why I always tell you, Stucky, we may suck on the trash sometimes, but man, Purdue, I knew we'd get them right at some point. Colin Wilson, imagine fading Tennessee all year and then deciding to go on the road and lay a field goal against a Missouri team that probably should have beat Georgia last week. You dumb son of a bitch. Are you out of your mind? Get your head out of your ass. Dumbass. Hey, Colin. Hey, Stuck. M-I-Z. Oh, sorry. No Z-O-U from you fellas? Yeah, that's right. You f***ed out at the Tigers. What the f*** is a vol? you, Colin. You lost a ton of money on the Vols, didn't you? Let's go, Tigers. Don't doubt them. Eight and two, baby. Let's ride, Eli. Stucky, what is a vol? Uh, that, that, your caller of the week, by the way. Reach out for some gear, because I cracked up. What is a vol? Uh, the... Yeah, Colin, that might end up being your bet regret of the year. What, what, like this Tennessee team that you hated all year, yeah. and then laying it on the road against Missouri, and then having to watch them get crushed. That couldn't have been enjoyable. Didn't even show up. I mean, I hate back in Joe Milton. Can it, I mean, they I, went up seven three, and Milton was up blowing kisses, um, and then and then d- rolled over. What the fuck's a vol? Hello, yeah, I'm looking for you who bet Air Force minus nineteen. <laughs> Colin, Jesus, dude. Air Force? Minus 19? Come on. I don't know what's going on with Air Force and the fumbles, okay? It's almost like a dozen over the last two weeks. I can't figure it out. It does, I, I Trust me, I know it's a loss because the second I wake up like at 4 o'clock in the morning, I got a tweet waiting for me from Stucky telling me about not betting service academies uh, <laughs> with, with, at this big. I, 
I don't know. It, it, uh, Hawaii is not a havoc team. I don't know how they're forcing so many fumbles. I don't know why Air Force is dropping it on the carpet. This is a, a real problem for for Troy Calhoun here down the stretch. So I'm out at a bar last night, a couple too many drinks, looking to live bet North Texas for like the 15th millionth time. Somehow end up placing a very large wager on South Carolina Vanderbilt over. A game probably no one watched outside of Nashville or Columbia. I'm sitting here watching this game pretty dead early on. Got over 54 and a half. Two missed extra points. South Carolina goes for two on the first touchdown of the game. Uh, I mean, I guess don't have 30 drinks on a Friday and open up your sports book and bet a South Carolina over. Oh, well. Yeah. When you have over 53 and a half, like, you know, there's games that end 54, 55, and South Carolina scores and they go for two and then there's missed extra points. You're just dreading the rest of the game. And yeah, that was a brutal one, brother. I actually had, I actually watched some of that game because there's a TV in front of me. Um, because I went out to, to the bars for this because it was Kentucky, Alabama, just meeting some friends, but I had, I had all the TVs in front of me and there was a TV that was broke. Like I couldn't think I couldn't change it. It was stuck on Vandy, South Carolina. I was so mad because I wanted to put one of the games I had action on in front of me. And I kept, my eyes kept going, just this train wreck. So I actually was one of the five people that somehow watched part of that game. Hey boys, I'm just calling because I would like to know will the real Georgia Tech please show itself. I don't know who the hell this team is. Beats two top 25 teams and the bet against Bowling Green looks like dark against an average Clemson team. I mean, who the f*** is this team? I feel like I'm watching like the movie Prestige watching Georgia Tech football every week. I'm done betting on this team. They're the most difficult team to power rate every week. I've lost too much money on them. F*** them. Georgia Tech only shows up against ranked teams. Clemson is not ranked. I think that's the handicap for Georgia Tech. I don't know what the handicap I mean, Georgia Tech, they only beat ranked teams. Um... But then they blew out Virginia. I thought it was an odd, even thing. It's not. I'm going to try to figure it out, too. They're an enigma. But you know what's going to happen? Georgia Tech's going to beat Georgia somehow. That would be. So fade them this week against Syracuse. Take <laughs> lose to Syracuse and beat Georgia. I, yeah, Georgia Tech is, they are a bizarre team. Like, especially the loss to Bowling Green. Like, that was, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're very weird. They're so Jekyll and Hyde. They've had, like, coordinator changes, too, and it's it's very weird. Like, their offensive numbers are good, um, but, yeah, uh, Clemson just shredded them after a slow start. I, I, I don't know. I mean, just take the money – take the underdog money line in their games. There's just so much variance, I guess. I, I, I have no clue. Hey, Colin, I know you never told me to bet in Arkansas, but I'm just going to pretend like you did because I need somebody to blame. Dude, it's 42-3, to three, man. Why are you selling me on Arkansas? What the f- You just beat Florida on the road, and you're going to get curb stomped at home by f- Auburn, who can't even complete a forward pass. I mean, Peyton Thorne is f- terrible. 42-3, to how does that happen? I mean, Sam Pittman, get rid of him. He f- sucks. Silver lining here is he's getting canned. What a joke. So, your Arkansas Hogs, can we classify them as a corpse now? They're 3-7 and seven after that loss. They might be a corpse. Uh, Next week, they host the corpse of FIU, who uh, is apparently dead. 
<laughs> Please tell me you're not going to FIU at Arkansas. I, I could, but it's I mean, in prime time. That's in prime time on yeah. ESPNU. Get that game out of the. They should not broadcast that game. That should game should not be allowed to be on TV. Yeah, my press credentials are waiting on me. I'm not sure I'm going to make it though. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how you play Arkansas in this spot. Florida International can still make a bowl. I got to win out. So pretty distant shot, but uh, God, I don't know what's going to happen to Pittman today. I, I he said last night after the game in his presser. He feels completely comfortable in his job. And I was just like eyes wide open, like, okay. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the conversation is with Hunter Yurichek, but uh, Sam feels comfortable in his job. So we'll see. Oh, man. There should be like a parental advisory that comes up on the screen on ESPNU before that game starts. Um, all right. Uh, that'll do it for us. For for what it's worth, we'll, new BCS will talk a little. And I'll have an, I'm going to have an article out earlier this week to maybe – Maybe it'll help people with their handicap and to just give a lay of the land. I'm going to go through every conference and then go through. Uh, it sucks because I got to go through new tie. There's new tiebreakers in a lot of these leagues, but I'm going to go through all the scenarios and leagues and list to who's eligible for bowls and who's not, blah, blah, blah. That stuff helps for the final two weeks. Um, and it's just fun also. But we will, Colin's going to talk a little look ahead lines in a few hours here. And we will be back Tuesday morning. 10.30 a.m. Eastern, live, new BCS. Group of five guys on Wednesday. Uh, Colin and I will be back with, excuse me, Colin and I will be back week 12 preview, late Thursday night. Can't believe it's week 12 already. Two, only two more full Saturdays. Let's make them count. Let me see if there's uh, a couple reviews here. I'll do some giveaways. Five-star reviews, they really help us out. If you've already left a review, you can say whatever you want. You can blame me for backing James Franklin. Uh, just five star review. Use someone else's phone. They really help us. Uh, let's see. Love the depth of the analysis from Blee five one five nine seven. Your TD gal or EV gal, the OG Greg Dorch, entertaining and informative. Reach out to me or uh, our producer at Old Boy Uncle Mitch for some gear. The Spanish Kaiser, hands down my go to podcast every day while I work. The knowledge Stucky and Colin give is grade A premium. They give you inside the game. From a stats and betting side, also have to give a shout out to the group of five guys. My favorite part is the Monday voicemail. They always give me a laugh. I make my day. Keep up the great work and hook them. Hook them. Agreed. Uh, love the podcast. Great episode with Breeze and the guys. Wish we had more group of five got more group of five guys with Colin and Stuck. Love tailing the bets. Keep up the great work. Uh, yeah, reach out if I listed you. But subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe. Leave a review as I mentioned before. Tell a friend, tell an enemy. Know the deal. It's time for us to go find some winners for week twelve. Thanks for everyone who called into the voicemails. Thanks to all of you for listening and for sweating with us throughout the season. You guys make the podcast. Thanks to our producers on the back end. Thanks, as always, to Colin. And we will see you on Tuesday. Cheers. Peace out. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.